God has plenty of money. You hear me? God has plenty of money. He just doesn't know who he can trust it to. Most churchgoers, he can't. About 60%. He cannot trust even a dollar to them. But he is wanting to bless a people whose heart is perfect toward him. And all of us today have an opportunity to just look clearly into the scripture and be blessed. If, if you believe what I'm going to say to you in the next few moments is truth and based on the Holy Scripture. I'm entitling the message, Generosity, the Key to Prosperity. Whenever you think about stuff and when you think about money or you think about anything that you feel like you have, your smile, your personality, whatever, the way to enjoy it is to give it away. And I'm going to experiment with you for just a moment. I'm going to embarrass some of you, but not most of you. And those of you who get embarrassed, you need to get over it. I want every one of you here to look at just one person and smile at them and say, God loves you. Just look at anybody you want to. God loves you. God loves you. Now look at yourself in the mirror. You look 10 times better than you did. And all you did was give just a smile and a touch of the love of God. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. When you become a giver of your time and your talents and your substance to the Lord, your whole life is going to change if you're not already there. And I'm going to try to show you that in the scripture because it is very clear in the scripture. Would you quote the text of the morning? It is found in John 3, 16. How many of you can raise your hand and say, I know it. Thank you for picking that one. <laughs> All right, are we ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You give this life to the Lord, he gives you an eternal life. Amen. He is a giver. For God so loved, he gave. God so loved us, he gave his son. We are to love God so much that we want to tell the world about his son. We want to tell the world, regardless of what's going on in your life, God's got a plan for your life. And many that I will speak to today, you're not in that plan. You've decided to do it your way. You made up your mind what you were going to do, when you were going to do it, where you're going to do it. And yet the Bible comes back and says very, very clearly, that God is looking for a people that he can bless. Amen. And that he will take those people and not only bring joy to their life, but joy to the people that are around them because they will bring others to him Amen. so that he can bless them. Now, if we had 40 days and 40 nights, we might get through all of the scripture that you could use to prove up John 3.16, and what I'm going to say to you this morning. Because the success or failure of our future lives and our entire life is based on our either acceptance or denial of God's Word. Amen. If you accept God's Word, He has the answer for your problem. Yes. It could be health. It could be for a job. 
It could be for money. It could be for guidance. It could be for encouragement. There are many, many words you could use, but God says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. So I want you to listen this morning, maybe with a little bit more intensity than normal. As we talk about the difficulty God has in sending his inexhaustible resources through his kids. How he wants us to be reflections of him and how difficult it is for his children to want to be like their heavenly father. But when we become like the heavenly father, then all of a sudden life begins to change, not only to us, but to all of those that are around us. And so I will hit the points quick because there are many. And I hope you can take some notes if you so choose. The first thing I want you to know from the scripture is that generosity is a primary quality because it expresses the very nature of God and his love. God loves us. God loves you. God loves the person that you're sitting by. God loves the people you don't love. God loves the whole world. He wants to give his love to you. If you will come out from the world, he will be willing to take you and use you and bless you and let you know what he has for you to do. When you grew up, did somebody ever ask you, what are you going to be when you grow up? That's a good question. Uh, what are you going to be when you grow up? You say, oh, I'm too old for that. Well, you may be old physically and very young spiritually. Amen. So my question is, what are you going to give to the Lord spiritually? Right. Now that you're his child, now that he's got to provide it for you to give it away, but what are you going to choose? His love, his truth, his power, and oh yes, his resources. What are you going to use it for? 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might become rich. That's the kind of God we serve. God gave everything to us so we could have a chance of being like him. Now, we can never replace him. He'll always win first. But we are to follow him. And he says, as I am, that's the way I want you to be. Now, if you don't know what kind of God you're worshiping, you need to find out. First thing you need to know, is he alive? If you are with some religions, all of their leaders are dead. Jesus is risen from the grave. Jesus is coming back again. Every one of us, every one of us need to understand that God loves us. The next thing I want you to know is, is that generosity always leads you to look with good eyes, whereas greed has evil eyes. 
Greed has evil eyes. Greed, when we're full of greed, we look at things as to how can we get blessed? How can we win? How can we be recipients of everything God has because it all belongs to his children? How can I do that? How can I win? How can I come in first? Let me give you some more scriptures. Proverbs 28, 22 says, He that hastens to be rich has an evil eye and considers not that poverty shall come upon him. Let me ask you a question. Is this question relevant? When you buy a lottery ticket for a jillion million, are you wanting to become rich immediately? Sure you do. Sure you do. Have you ever read about the lottery winners and what happens to them? It's not good news. And yet we line up and spend hundreds of millions of dollars. All they have to do is flash it on the screen and you run down there. What's the purpose of that? See, God, you say, well, I haven't ever won. Well, you're blessed. You're blessed. The ones that win seem to always lose it all. Listen to Proverbs 23, verse 4. Labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. Will you set your eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as eagles towards heaven. Eat you not the bread of him that has an evil eye. Neither desire you his dainty meats. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to you, but his heart is not with you. The morsel which you have eaten, you will vomit up and lose your sweet words. The people that do things like the lottery have zero interest in your being a success. Many people are in business and care not whether you need the product or not. They just want to make money. They do not see a business as an opportunity like some have, like the Green family and Hobby Lobby, the Butt family and HEBs, and then the list goes on and on again. When you look back to the early days of those companies, there was a person that God spoke to, Mr. Caffey with Chick-fil-A, and laid on his heart, I want you to sell chicken. I would have thought there's plenty of competition in selling chickens. There's a lot of chickens, but there's a lot of chicken peddlers. However, he said, I'm going to do it different. And I'm sure when he went to the business meeting and told the board we're going to close on Sunday, he lost half of his board. But by the same token, he's moved to the top of the totem pole. Because when you put God first, he takes care of everything else. That's just the way it is. That is just the way it is. Let me give you a third thing. Generosity produces a bright countenance which reflects the light and the heart of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something, folks. Givers are happy people. They like to say hello to you. They like to give you a touch, shake your hand. They like to hear what you have to say. They want to help you if they can. They are willing to do whatever it takes to be living proof of a loving God to a watching people the watching world. And that's what true Christianity is. Christianity is a religion of givers, not takers. We are a people that are put here to give here in order that we can celebrate for eternity in heaven 
the riches of Christ. And the Bible says, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard what God has prepared for those that love him. And those that love him are in one category. They are givers, not takers. They are always wanting others to be blessed. They're always wanting to take what they have and share it with somebody else. They don't mind if you eat a bite of their sandwich or if you make a substantial gift to them. All they know is you care about others. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, the most valuable thing he could give, to us. And the rest of it is history. Generosity produces a bright countenance. You don't find unhappy givers. Givers are happy people. That's no exception to that. Because they're reflecting the light of Christ in their heart. Matthew 6, if you don't know what that is, let me read. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eyes be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness. God has a tough time. Sometimes this with me, and sometimes this with you. And for some of you, it seems like it's always a tough time to get through to you. You're not going to break away from the culture. You are not going to stand alone and be what God wants you to be and give yourself, your time, your talent, your substance to the Lord. You're not going to do that. You're going to do what others are doing and you're going to receive what others have received. And that's an empty life, a frustrated life. Not many people come to the funeral of folks that don't give. But people that do give have a way of just spreading that love, the love of God throughout the whole earth. You know, as you read these scriptures, and I'm reading them to you this morning, you might say, well, I don't believe that. Well, I don't know about that. That's your choice. You have a right to be wrong. <laughs> and God still loves you. But many a time, God walks away from you and just shakes his head. He said, will they ever learn? Do they really want to know why they're going through what they're going through? I am trying to get their attention. I am trying to get them to follow me. But if they're going to follow me, they're going to have to be a giver. Amen. Or they're going to go the ways of the world. In Matthew 5, 16, when Jesus is preaching, the Sermon on the Mount is being delivered. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works, but they'll glorify the Father which is in heaven. Amen. You know, folks, people that like to get something for nothing, they cannot understand why Christians are so happy. They just don't get it. They really believe that happiness is one purchase away. I am going to win. I am going to win. I tell you, if it kills me, I'm going to win. No, it's going to kill you, but you're not going to win. Amen. Unless... 
you're a backslidden Christian and you're saved by the grace of God and you're absent from the body and present with the Lord. Now you're a winner, but not in this earth. Not in this earth. Amen. You know something else generosity does? It teaches us to fear the Lord and humble ourselves. He's got to increase and we have to decrease. Amen. When God begins to flow his love and his truth and his wisdom and his money or whatever through us, through which maybe you say, it never did happen to me, but now it's happening. I can't believe what's happening to the business. I can't believe what's happened in my life. I cannot believe it. There's just no way I can put it in words. I can put it in words for you. Jesus loves you. Amen. This I know because the Bible tells us so. God wants to bless his kids. He does not want to bless people that want to use him to make money. This is not a thing to try to get you rich. It's trying to get you to be faithful, and then God will supply all of your needs, and you will be of such maturity. If you don't have the money to buy it, you learn to get along without it. And it has nothing to do with your taxes. It's just God's way of operating. Number six, generosity conquers the root of all evil. What does the Bible say? What does it say? The love of money is the what? Root of all evil. It's all there, folks. It's all there. You're not the only one going through this. We've all gone through it, and we still will go through it at times. We're always questioned, should I be a part, or should I just, just get all I can, can all I get, sit on the can, poison the rest, and leave it to the kids. Leave it to this. Leave it to that. Leave it to this. Leave it to that. Listen, Jesus is coming. This is the day the Lord's made. We're to rejoice and be glad in it. And the moment you put that smile on your face and that spring in your step and that joy in your heart and start obeying the Lord in every area of your life, it's okay to say hello rather than I went to that church and nobody spoke to me. <laughs> I can break that habit real quick. When you go out of here, would you just say hello to anybody and I'll bet you that you're going to get a hello back. It's more fun to start them than it is to finish them. But God says, I love you. <laughs> I love you. I'm not mad at you. I'm just weeping. Because when you get to heaven and find out the way I had your life praying, you're going to get mad at yourself. I'm going to love you and you're going to hate yourself. Why didn't I earn that? Why didn't I know that? I heard a sermon. I went to Sage My Church. They don't pass the offering place. They don't borrow money. I went there. I sat under that crazy preaching and teaching, and I thought, what in the world's going on? And I couldn't wait to Saturday night to blow half my paycheck. And God didn't bless me, knowing he isn't going to bless you. The devil's got some money. He'll throw you some shekels along the way as long as he can buy you off. And for a lot of people, it doesn't take much to be bought off. All of us, all of us need to hear 1 Timothy 6, 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But listen, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many, many sorrows. I am glad I can preach a message like this, and it's very clear in the scripture, and it's not up to interpretation. This subject I'm talking about is clear as clear can be. This is what God wants you to know and me to know and base our life on. Now, the question is, am I going to do that? I know this. God blesses all of us more than we deserve. I know this, that no one has been blessed like America. No one has been blessed like probably the poorest one of us here. We have an opportunity to change things in our life. And know that God is going to take care of us. But we've got to trust him. We've got to trust him. When you receive, you receive it from God's provisions. You give out of God's provisions. In Deuteronomy 8, 17, And you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he that gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. God says, please, folks, give me credit for loving you and blessing you and your finances and your business and your mind and your heart and your place in life and whatever it is, let's give God the glory. Let me give you one other scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, 8 says, Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I don't want you to miss that one. That's the reason I'm going to repeat it. I want you to go to that when you get home and look at that, study that. How does that apply to your life? But generosity is governed by the law of the harvest. You say, well, what in the world is that? Well, that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6. But this I say, He which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Farmers, how do you raise a lot of corn? You plant a lot of seeds. Mississippi cotton farmers, how do you have lots of bales of cotton? You plant a lot of seeds. Well, how am I going to have a lot of money? You're going to have to start planting some of it instead of throwing it away. You're going to have to give it into God's hand and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to put you first. If I were to stop right now, God being my witness, and let those of you that are here right now that have been at Sagemont for 30 years, you could keep us here until Wednesday telling your story of how one day God changed the way you handle your money when you found out it wasn't yours anyway. It was his. That's the way God works, not only in Houston, but anywhere in the world. I'll keep this sentence very simple. When you come to the point that you're ready to give, God is at the point 
are ready to bless you. Just that simple. When you come to the point that you say, but I don't have much, remember the widow's might. That widow's might probably has been influential in having more money come to the kingdom of God than any one person ever gave. She gave everything she had. And God blessed it and multiplied it over and over. You see, number nine, generosity is like light in that both are available to anyone that wants them. They're available. If you want it, God will bless you with it. He says in Luke 6, 30, give to every man that asks of you. And of him that takes away your goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men should do to you, do to them likewise. Also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank you? For sinners also love those that love them. But if you do good to them which do good to you, and thank have you. For sinners also do the same thing. You know, some of the biggest givers to benevolences in this country are just open, wide sinners. They live a life of sin as openly as before the whole public, but they keep on playing that game. But there's going to be a finish line. There's going to be an eternity. God blesses us so we can bless others. God does not bless us so we can move up in the economic statistics. Number 10... When you give to the poor, the treasures start being laid up in heaven. When we give so that people can hear the gospel that have never heard. When we step to the line in a Harvey or in a helping hands kind of a ministry, then many of you have, have been a part of that ministry, both on the receiving end and on the serving end. But it is in that that God has a way to teach us. In Mark chapter 10, verse 21, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, said unto him, one thing you like, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come take up your cross, and what? Follow me. God starts blessing us as we start blessing others. We're building a student building, and the children will be the ones that'll be using it in the days to come. We are planting a seed so that our young people can have in their repertoire Weapons that they can use against Satan that those that don't know the Lord do not have. They're going to learn what thus saith the Lord is. They're going to learn that God wants to use their life and that God has a plan for their life. That is all in the scripture. It is all there. It's now up to us. You know, one person put it like this, and I made it a point of the message today. Generosity to the poor is actually making a loan to the Lord that will be returned. We take God's money, we give it back to him. Then he gives it back to us and we give it back to him. We give it back to us, just back and forth, back and forth. We have a relationship with the Lord. He's really the provider. He's the one that began it. He's the one that had everything, but he let me have some of it. Then I gave back to him. Then he comes back. That's the way the cycle works all through the Old and the New Testament. Proverbs 19, 17 says, he that has pity upon the poor lends unto the Lord. And that which he has given, will he pay him again? God blesses people. And there's nothing poorer than a lost sinner in a dark world. That's called missions. That's when you come up with a way to take light into darkness. 
That's when you have a way of coming into, like we do today in the prison system, the Darrington unit, not very far from here. We have a ministry there through Southwestern Seminary that meets here on our campus. This is what Christians are all about. We're to go and help the needy, the hungry, the hurting, the helpless. We're to do that. We give of our time. We give of our talents. We give of our substance. And we allow God to take over our life. And when God takes over our life, then we experience things that we never thought possible. Number 12, generosity. Now listen to this. It's not determined by how much we give. It's determined by how much we hoard. Hold back. It's not about what we give. It's what we hold back. It's not who gave the biggest dollar, but who could have and didn't. All of these things, Luke 21 says, and he saw also a certain poor widow cast into two mites. You know the story. And what did he say? Nobody's given a bigger gift. But you can only, only, only give what you have. But as you move forward in your giving, you realize that it's all his. And, it's, and you're going to use it for his glory. Generosity is to be carried out so God gets the glory and the thanksgiving. We like to sing that song, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Has Done. He does those great things through his kids, through his kids. Matthew 6, 3, But when you do alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand does, that your alms may be in secret, and your Father, which sees in secret, himself, he shall reward you openly. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 9, 11, being enriched in everything, to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God for the administration of this service, not only supplies the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. I don't care which road you take out of this service today. It all is going to come and lead back to standing before him. However you choose to interpret the scripture is up to you and up to me. But one day, we will give an account of ourselves to God. God is not going to ask you how much did you have in savings. He's going to look and base his rewards on how much you gave that others might know him. That's where the joy comes and that's where the blessing comes. Generosity is God's remedy for stealing. It's God's remedy for stealing. Because when you don't give, you're a thief from God. But when you give, that's what he says, you're free. Now you've gotten in on it. Now you know what to do. And if you say, I don't know where to give, I'm not going to say, well, give it to Satan. I'm not saying that. That's not what this sermon's about. You give it to God. Amen. But you make sure you know how it's used when you give it to God. You don't give because you saw it advertised on television. You give because God, through prayer, said, this is where I want you 
to put my resources that I flow through you. Generosity, finally, opens the windows of heaven and it also restrains the devour of our assets. Folks, please be careful. Senior adults, please be careful. Nobody has died somewhere else in the world and left you a billion dollars. Trust me, it didn't happen. And I know they got your first name, last name, and your third cousin twice removed. I know all of that. Don't get caught up in the things of this world. But I challenge you to find a person that ever gave to the Lord and said, I wish I wouldn't have done it. I've not met my first one in 60 plus years in the ministry. But God wants his kids to be like him, generous. So if all you have is a word, a look, and a touch, speak a good word, look at somebody, and shake their hands when you leave in a few moments. Or go out. As soon as we say, let's stand up, you're going to hit the aisle and head for the car and never come back again. God bless you. Drive carefully. But what I've told you today is the truth from the Word of God. I don't hold myself accountable when the Word says it. God says it. We can believe it or not believe it, and that'll settle it. You'll either be a winner or a loser. You'll either be frustrated or you'll be happy, happy, happy. You'll one day, if you're not a giver and you become a giver, every time somebody is in that baptistry, you're going to say, I had some part in that. I just want to feel like I had a part. You know, I helped pay for the water, the building, the speaking systems, whatever, but I've learned to give. And I've learned that all my friends, they don't give, and they're so unhappy, and now we're part of their social group. Lord, help us. My goodness, like being in a room full of bulls. You get gored before it's over with. But when you walk with God, God has a way of putting that smile and that joy in your heart. 